Welcome to The Platform. I'm your host, Chad Balthrop, and we're doing our devotions together every Monday through Friday. We're in the book of Philippians today, and we're in Philippians chapter 2. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. The theme of the book of Philippians is how to be humble and happy. And today we're going to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, where Paul puts a really fine point on what humility looks like and what humility does. In these verses that we'll talk about today, he defines what it does, and tomorrow he'll illustrate what those verses, or he'll illustrate what humility does in verses 5 through 11. Today we're going to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Here's what it says. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, If any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I think this passage is really interesting. It's Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 and and it just it really highlights what humility looks like. You know, for a long time we've had these various definitions of humility. I've heard someone say that humility is not thinking highly of yourself and it's not thinking lowly of yourself. True humility is not thinking of yourself at all. And while I like that definition of humility, I don't believe that's what Paul means when he when he's uh, talking here in Philippians chapter 2. He actually identifies four characteristics of humility that are very easy to see. If there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. True humility seeks to be like-minded with other believers, with those, and specifically like-minded with Christ. And then having the same love, that we would think like Christ, that we would love like Christ, and then being of one accord, that we would be together in the way we think, in the way we love, in the way we act, and in the way we choose, and, and then of one mind. Having like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And then verse 3 says, this attitude, this idea that I'm going to, I'm going to strive, I'm going to work hard to be like-minded, to be loving, to be of one accord with the people around me, specifically with Christ first, and then with those God brings into my life. Well, that becomes the actions of verse 3, verse 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You know, back in Paul's day, the word humility wasn't really used the way we use it today. Jesus on the cross at Calvary really redefined what humility is before the cross Humility was really humiliation, and it's said most easily like this, you bow before the king because the king can have you killed. That's not true humility, that's humiliation. What Paul is saying here is he's expanding on the idea of what genuine humility looks like. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That word esteem is important. It means that you've actually taken an honest honest assessment of what you're capable of. It doesn't mean that you think highly of yourself or lowly of yourself. It means that you have an honest assessment of what you're able to do, what you have, who you are. And now, because you've made this honest assessment, you're not thinking conceitedly, how can I use all these skills and all these things for my own benefit? You're actually thinking, how can I use all of these things, all of this knowledge, all of this power, or all of this strength, or all of this influence, whatever it is that God has entrusted to you, how can I now use this 
to empower someone else? How can I use this for the benefit of someone else? I've taken an honest evaluation of myself, and out of that honest evaluation, I now know how I can employ who I am and what I have for the benefit of others. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And so what we see in this passage is this clear definition of humility. Humility is what happens when we choose to use who we are and what we have for the benefit of others. And it's related, I think, to this idea of submission and authority. I I just believe that, well, Scripture has demonstrated that every conversation about authority that happened between the disciples and Jesus never really turned out well for the disciples. Hey, Jesus, why don't you leave me in charge? Hey, why don't you bless me more than them? Hey, why don't you let me sit at your right hand and let them sit you know, somewhere else? None of those conversations for the disciples turned out well because Jesus constantly pushed back to the Son of Man didn't come to be served but came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus had already done that honest self-assessment. He knew what he was capable of. He knew what he was here for, and he willingly chose to use who he was and what he has on your behalf and on mine. And true humility submits to that example. True humility follows in his footsteps and says, I'm not going to be so concerned with authority. I'm not going to be so concerned with being in charge or getting my way or making certain that I'm number one or that I'm on top. You know what I'm going to be concerned with? I'm going to be concerned with making this honest assessment of who I am and what I have. And I'm going to try to make certain that I draw close to God with a loving heart and a loving mind with lo- that will lead to loving actions. And out of that, because of what God has entrusted me with, and, and the, the skills that he's given me, the influence he's given me, the opportunities he's given me, now I can ask the question, how can I best use all of these things on the behalf of someone else so that someone else might, well, might discover what it means to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. And so let's take a moment to pray that back to our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the example in Christ that you gave us of what it means to be humble. Thank you for these words of Paul. I do pray this this passage just as it is. Father, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any affection and mercy, I pray that we would fulfill your joy by being like-minded, that we would have as believers the same love, that we would be of one accord and one mind. And that every time there's an opportunity for us to choose, I pray that, that nothing we be, would be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, we would take an honest evaluation of ourselves. And out of that honest evaluation, that we would use who we are and what we have for the benefit of others. I pray that we would look out not only for our own interests, but also for the interest of others. We love you, Father. Help us to, to, to become the people that you want us to be today. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast so that you can catch future episodes, that you'll like it, that you'll share it, and that you'll comment on it so that we can connect with other people. And I also hope that you'll check out A Follower of One. It's a sister podcast, and it's available everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on The Platform. <music>